0: lift up this word to you right now and just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would now breathe upon us. You would bring transformation power. You would bring courage into our hearts to say yes to the word that I believe that you're going to challenge us with today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I'm going to say something in the very beginning that could almost sound offensive. Please bear with me. Uh, I don't mean it to be offensive. I hope that you will listen to it before and after. At times, I feel like standing up like a prophet of old, an Old Testament prophet, and rebuking people who are unwilling, at least it seems to be unwilling to engage in worship. Now, I know that's not the proper thing to do, and and I'm not going to do that, but instead of rebuking anyone, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach and teach toward that today because I believe it's a, to me, it's a very passionate area of my life because worship, praise God's power and presence that comes through worship and praise Will change your lives, change heart of the city church, change our city drastically. And I'm for one, all for the presence of God. Why should we give ourselves over to praise and worship? Well, first of all, I, I think that God deserves our highest praise. You can get excited right there because that's a good place for an amen. I, I, I think that God deserves our deepest worship. Our very best songs, the, 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 the very best music that we have, my words, my breath, my love, my emotions, my voice, my hands, my dance, my sacrifice, our sacrifice. I think that God deserves every bit of it, totality, amen. Amen. Now, before you run me out the door, throw rocks at me, I just want you to hear me through this today because I know there's probably many people or many reasons that people may not engage in worship, okay? Now, I cannot judge a person's heart. You know, the Bible makes it very clear through Samuel, man looks upon the appearance, God looks upon the heart. I can't do that, okay? But what appears to me at times is sometimes people not engaging in worship. I want to challenge you. Can you take a challenge today? I want, to take a, I want you to take a challenge in this area today. Here's my list of why I believe that certain people at times don't engage into worship, corporate worship praise. Number one, traditions. Say that word with me, traditions. Traditions. Maybe you've been so ingrained in tradition, growing up, that your traditions are stronger than that of the Holy Spirit and that of the Word of God. Because I'm going to let you know, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is all about worship. matter of fact, at the, the woman with the well, at the well, Jesus said, I'm going to give you living water. Guess what that living water is? Another part of the scriptures makes it clear what that living water is. That living water is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit... And God is all about worship. And I want to encourage you today, if traditions are holding you back, traditions are very powerful. They, they can be very good. Like we have a tradition of having a family night on Monday nights. There's Thanksgiving traditions and Christmas traditions and what have you. But I want to let you know, there's no tradition that should hold you back from experience and engaging into worship our God, El Shaddai Almighty, maker of the heavens, painter of the sky, God. Listen to what this scripture says. Jesus addresses this issue with some religious folk. He says this in Matthew 15, 6. In this way, you say that you don't need to honor their parents. That's the subject that's that's going on in this conversation. Listen to the second part of this scripture. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. Because of man's tradition, the word of God is nil. The word of God has no effect in a person's life because of tradition. How many of you agree with me today that tradition should not keep you from the presence of God? Amen. From engaging into worship. Amen. Number two, a religious mindset. What do you mean by that, J-O? Religious mindset. You may think that it is very kind of, you know, radical. Or weird to engage in to worship. That could come from a religious spirit or religious mindset. I say it's actually Bible and heaven. You think that Heart of the City Church is loud? You ain't seen nothing yet. You just wait till you get to heaven. You wait till you get into heaven, and heaven is so loud. You're going to say, J.O., I should have listened to that ball-headed crazy. Listen, <laughs> heaven is so, it's like the roaring of many waters. Elders throwing down crowns. You know, prostrate. I'm telling you, worship is radical in heaven. So if it's a religious mindset, I say that God wants to do something by his Holy Spirit today. Number three, knowledge. Maybe you've just... Never been taught in the area of worship. It's very, that's very fair. And I want to let you know what Hosea says about that. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Well, I'm, I'm praying that knowledge is released to you to understanding what the scriptures say all through the scriptures in this area. Number four, Jo, i I'm new. I'm kind of new to the church. New to worship, new to this walk with Jesus, hey, that's absolutely fair. I get it. I remember when, after I got born again, I went to the church, and this lady was dancing in front of me. I was like, what's going on here? come out to later on getting to know her. her. I used to live with her son, wonderful family, her and her husband, just a beautiful couple. But when I first saw it, I just had very unique thoughts. I was like, now, I would have never thought that in a bar. I mean, I was in and out of bars just like every Friday, Saturday night. You, and, and didn't never think about it, but coming into church and someone is dancing. What is going on in this place? Well, sometimes it's the lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's because we're new and we don't know what the Bible says. Jesus didn't tell you stop dancing. He just said, change partners. <laughs> I ain't dance, dancing with the devil no more. Amen. Amen. Huh? I ain't dancing for the devil no more. Amen. Amen. Jude Foucault. Just change partners today. Number five, learn behavior. Maybe it's just learn. You know, Craig and Jess Brown, Wonderful friends of our pastors here. They went to Seattle Seahawks game last year. I mean last weekend, last Sunday. I said, Is it really that loud, Craig? And he's like, texting me like, I got the feeling, man. It's louder than you can even imagine. And I thought, learn behavior. You know, you 12th 12th man going in there, everyone's getting loud, you know, the beautiful peer pressure of that and so forth and so on. But if they would hand me the mic and I'd say, Hey, can I get your attention for a minute? I'm gonna pray. And then all of a sudden the place goes dead silent. Why? Because people have a mindset of different things of church, of worship, of prayer, etc. It could be a mindset or a learned behavior. Number six: personality. Say that with me personality. There's four personalities in this study, and five personalities in this study. And you may be atypical, you may be B, you may be laid back, melancholy, you may be intense, you may be a lion, an otter, a beaver, a golden retriever, all kinds of things with personalities. But I have a question for you Should personality dictate your worship unto God? What if you're laid back, cool? You're cool as cucumber, melancholy. I want to let you know, should that dictate your worship under the God Almighty? I say no. I know I'm atypical. I know I'm kind of like, you know, but I'm going to say that I don't think our personality should influence, it will influence, but it should not dictate our worship to God because he's way larger than your personality Mr. Otter person, or a Miss Beaver, or a Miss Golden Retriever. He's much larger than any of those things. How about this one, number seven? Maybe it's because of unbelief. Maybe theologically you don't understand where you're. Psalms 22, that God is enthroned. And the praises of his people. That he comes in the midst of our praise. And there's joy, unbelievable joy in his, in, in, in his presence. And is ushered in. His presence is ushered in through, through praise and worship. And you, you have unbelief in that area. Or maybe it's sin. Well, then I would say simply repent. Okay? Change the way that you think. Because we need to let our minds line up with the word of God. Number eight. Maybe you just don't give a rip. This is a good place for me now to rebuke you. Because you should give a rip. You wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have Jack if it wasn't for God. And I'm not talking about a dude. Listen, everything that you have, everything that you know, you're here today because of God Almighty and his love and grace Toward you, come on somebody, give a rip. Tell your neighbor right now, give a rip. Maybe it's because of spiritual battles, spiritual warfare. You gotta wonder why you do what you do. You gotta wonder why somebody in the chair, here you are, whoever you is, because if, if it ain't you, I ain't talking to you. You got one person smacking gummed up can't wait till this worship service is over with. And you got this person right here just, <laughs> God is so cool. You got to wonder what's going on there. I think there's much spiritual warfare in our worship. How many of you know that the devil wants your worship? If you don't know, now you do. The devil wants your worship. He wanted, he wants your worship. He wanted Jesus' worship. Let me show you today the warfare that's around worship. Listen to this scripture out of 2 Thessalonians 2.4. It says this. He will, and everyone say he. He. Make that very clear who he is. He is the Antichrist in this scripture, okay? So look what the Antichrist will do in the scripture. Look what he says. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. Now, look what he will do, this Antichrist. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. It is scary. Thank you. He wants your worship. Let's dig it a little deeper. Not just your worship. He went after Jesus' worship. How many remember Jesus fasting for 40 days in the desert, tempted in all ways, One of these ways is out of Matthew 4, 9 through 10, and just just look at the pressure. Look at the warfare, the battle when it comes to worship. I will give it all to you, he said, devil, if you kneel down and worship me. Wow. I love Jesus' response. Get out of here, Satan. Get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship is powerful. Worship is like your warship." Worship ushering in the presence of God past the gates into the courts, into the very throne room of the Almighty God who created you and you, the El Shaddai, the all powerful, all knowing, ever present God. I mean, it ushers you right into His presence. Worship. And the devil was after it. Everyone say, kneel. If you will kneel, don't tell me that worship doesn't have an expression. Don't tell me that this is always... Now, I can't see your heart, but don't tell me this is always worship. Looks more like sleeping, in my opinion. But nevertheless, I can't judge your heart, but I want to tell you that in this particular particular scripture, there was an expression right there of kneeling down. There's all kinds of expression of worship in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Though... We clap our hands for a 23-year-old receiver. We get depressed with our quarterback that fumbles or throws an interception. We're excited about Golf USA about the next Olympics, about let's talk about the World Series that just got through, which was a great World Series. Or, hey, you know what? I made A's, all A's, uh, uh, 4.0 in college. Or or I got on the highest sales quota. But when it comes to Jesus, we're absolutely silent. Let me give you some points of why I think what what. I want to share with you what I think worship is not. What what a worshiping gathering is not. Number one. This right here on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Saturday night, worship gathering is not a concert. This is not a con. This is not cold play. This is not YouTube. This is not even. Garth Brooks. This ain't Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin 38 Special, Millie Vanilli. That's old school right there. Tone Loke. Huh? It ain't none of it. Somebody, somebody goes, You're like, Millie Vanilli, how you pull that out right there, yo? This is not a concert. Worship is so much bigger than a concert. Worship is so much powerful than a concert. This is not a concert. This is where sons and daughters come to the presence of the Almighty God, the body of Christ coming together, lifting Jesus and as we lift him up he draws all men into himself as Moses lifted up the serpent even as we lift up Jesus and they look upon him they're going to be saved come on it's way more than a concert it's not number two it's not a performance vessels are not performing It's not a performance. It's it's about you and I, sons and daughters. Not a consumer. We don't come in as consumers. I'm going into church today. Let me see how much they're going to serve me. I hope the beef stew's good and I hope the salad's good. Man, I hope they got it. I hope they can serve me. Listen, the church is not a consumerism place for you to come and pick a menu. and and No, 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 no. It's It's where you come and you're giving your worship to God. You're coming and you're bringing your best to the most high. Joe, I don't like that. I think you need to get over it because that worship will take you right past the gates, right through the courts, right into the presence, the the, the throne room of grace. Oh, my goodness, worship. Number three, it's not a spectator sport. We're we're so consumer-based and spectator sport. We're not, this is not a, hey, let me tell you, let me give you a little clue. Stop watching and start worshiping. (laughs) gotta change your life stop watching and start worshiping change your life number four it's not a hand in your pocket arm crossing staring contest I'll move on number five number five how many of you remember the gong show if you remember the gong show old school folk This ain't the gong show. It's like vessels aren't doing that well today. You know, they hit their little key off right there. The drummer was a little bit off right there. Get the gong out. Get them off the stage. Get the hook. It's not a gong show. If it's not the best music or if we hit a wrong note, maybe you should just now bring your best or maybe meet up with Seth and get on vessels. Amen? What is worship? Listen to this. The Greek word is a beautiful word, neo. It means meaning to kiss. Worship is like a dog licking its master's hand. Anybody ever had a wonderful dog that would just do anything for you? I had a dog named Copper. He went to be in the dog heaven a few years back, got him buried right in my backyard. Copper, 13 years old. That guy would probably do about anything for me if he could understand it. I mean, yeah, I had to discipline him at times, and he was a puppy and about drove me crazy. But as he got older, what an amazing, wonderful dog. I remember he was getting older, and he had... Some growth, and I had to lift him up, put him in the truck, and he still wanted to go. Man, I'd take him for walks, and then all of a sudden, I'd end up carrying him in the walk because he just couldn't do it any longer. That guy, I think, even stayed alive because of Radiant and I. He's a good dog. Adora- the adoration I'd come home, and he'd just be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> "Think about it." Now we have a- another really cool dog. His name is Kai. He's a Yorkie. He's about 15 pounds. He's a big Yorkie, but he's really cool. He puts up with me, but he loves Ray Dean. like you would not believe. He is a freaky dog over Ray Dean. I mean, he's downright depressed if Ray Dean's not around. He's just like, hey, I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm just going to sleep for days. He hears Ray Dean's car. It's like <laughs> jump on the back of the couch. If he doesn't hear the car, I can say, hey, mom's home. He's like, shh, shh, shh. It is stupid (laughs) how much he loves Ray Dean. (laughs) Worship. Just think about it. Worship, the love, the honor, the adoration, the shh. We were over at John and Marty Sanford's house on Friday, and John has a new dog. He's a little mixed dude, about this big, and uh, his name is Buddy. And Buddy is a freak for John. If you move too quickly around John, he's like, Yee. it's no joke. It is, zero. am I exaggerating at all? You forget that Buddy's there and you move. He's like, Yee. he jumps up. John uses a walker. I mean, the guy comes and sets and lays down in John's walker. He's on his lap. John gets up. The dog's kind of at times following him. Can somebody say worship? Just think about the beauty of the relationship of a dog to its master. The licking, the kissing, the, 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 I mean, it's, wow. Guess what happens in pure, unadulterated worship where we're not putting on a show. It's not. To be seen, just pure praise and worship. I want to tell you, there's some beautiful things that happen. Worship goes up, and your worries will go down. Praise goes up, God's presence comes down. All of a sudden, God gets really huge, and all your problems gets very little. Not that God grew. He doesn't grow but right in his presence, things just begin to diminish. My flesh dies and my spirit begins to rise. Hopelessness and depression and anxiety and compulsions and emotional problems, even mental problems. I'm telling you, in the presence of God, they are changed. They begin to diminish as faith rise, fears decline, loneliness Begins to cease in the presence of God. It cannot, it cannot continue. I got born again December the 7th, 1986. For holidays, it's very uplifting for some people. From, uh, for other people, holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas the 1st, can be very lonely. It seemed to be very lonely for me. And I met Jesus during those times. I say that because praise brings you right into that intimate presence of of God hopelessness begins to disappear because the Bible says God is the God of hope and joy and healing all these things take place in the midst of praise and worship why not not because of praise and worship though it's the byproduct that usher in God's presence and his power Understand why we do what we do. Understand why you sing and you shout and clap and dance and express and what that does to heaven and the heart of the Father. In closing, a little bit long of a close, but nevertheless, I'm heading that way. (laughs) I want to talk to you about my favorite character in the Bible other than Jesus, and his name is David. David... Was a worship guy. And he wrote a lot of psalms. And David desired to bring the presence of God into the city of David. He desired to bring the Ark of the Covenant. How many of you ever seen Indiana Jones before? Just raise your hand. Remember the Ark? Some things that you don't do in life. You don't spit in the wind, take the mask off the Long Ranger, and you don't mess with the Ark of the Covenant. David wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the house, into the the city of David. So if you was to look at uh, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, you should write down, you should read that because I'm going to give you a couple of areas. 2 Samuel chapter 6, David decides he's going to bring this Ark. Man, I want the Ark. I want the presence of God in my city. He's he's the, the, the king now. What had taken place was there was a crazy king. The first king of Israel, his name was Saul. And Saul, though he started out okay, I mean, the day that he was inaugurated, he was hiding out in the stuff, the Bible says The guy was laced in fear. He had insecurities and problems. And and because of his kingship and his rule, worship had diminished in Israel, just diminished. Saul did some crazy, crazy things out of compulsion and fear. He had priests slaughtered One time he went and got a spiritual counselor or or guidance from a witch. Now David is the king. And though worship had declined during the the, the office of Saul, David is committed to bring worship back into his city. So he gathers like, I think, 30,000 people. 30,000 guys. He's going to go get the Ark of the Covenant. He begins, uh, the, David made one mistake. He didn't seek God on this. He had great intentions. He wanted to do the right thing, but I think that he did not seek God the way they should have because look what took place. He goes and gets the Ark of the Covenant, and guess what he does? He puts the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart. Will you say that with me, a new cart? Huh. Why would he put it on a new cart? And the new cart is pulled by oxen. Huh. Why a new cart and why oxen? Can somebody say tradition? Hey, do you know the Ark of the Covenant was never created, not even architecturally created, to be on a cart pulled by an animal? The Ark of the Covenant had areas in it for rods so that the Ark of the Covenant was only to be carried on the back of Levites. They were to be carried by people. Vessels. We put vessels up here to lead worship, but they're not to carry the whole worship service. They're not to carry the the, the presence of God. That is all of ours job together, entering into worship and praise that we carry the very presence of God. But David put the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart, pulled by oxen. Where did he get that from? I'm going to tell you where I think he got it. If you was to look at, now I'm talking about 2 Samuel 6, but if you look at 1 Samuel 6, you'll see that a different nation had the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines, uncircumcised Philistines had the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you ain't the people of Israel, you better not be messing with the Ark of the Covenant. They got the Ark of the Covenant. They had captured the Ark of the Covenant. And now they have like boils or something breaking out on them. And They're trying to figure out, what did we do with this Ark of the Covenant? Guess what they did? They built a they 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 made a new cart and they put the Ark of the of the Covenant on a new cart pulled by milk cows. I think David copied what a foreign pagan uncircumcised Philistine people did, and it was not right. So all of a sudden now David out of tradition, puts this Ark of the Covenant on a new cart pulled by oxen. And guess what the oxen do? The oxen stumbles. When it stumbles, guess what happens? Uzzah, one of the guys walking along the Ark of the Covenant, touches the Ark of the Covenant. How many of you remember what happened in Indiana Jones when you mess with the Ark of the Covenant? You just kind of melt. Well, this guy Uzzah, he died right then and there. The Bible says that David was angry. It really hurt him. It broke his heart. He had all good intentions, but he did not do things the right way. And so he left the Ark of the Covenant in Oba Edom's house. Guess what happened at Obad Edom's house? Let me read a little bit and we're going to be done. If you look at Oba Edom, this is what the Bible says. 2 Samuel 6, 12 The very first part of the scripture says, then King David was told, the Lord has blessed. Somebody say blessed. Blessed. If you want to be blessed in life, get in the presence of God. If you want to be, no, really blessed in life, be a worshiper. If you want to be blessed in life, praise God Almighty. All of a sudden, not because they planned it, but because of what took place, the Ark of the Covenant was left in Obed-Edom's household, and all of a sudden, Obed-Edom's household is absolutely blessed. Look what it says. The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything in it, uh, everything he has because of, look, the ark of God. The ark of God is the very presence of God. Listen, tell your neighbor right now, be blessed. Look at him. Tell him, tell him, tell him, be blessed. Let me tell you, if you want to be blessed, get in the presence of God. Number two, say this with me, celebrate. C-E-L-E-B-R-A-T-E. That's what we do today. C-E-L-E-B-R-A-T-E. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. This is not a depression service. If you want to come and get some type of depression, you came to the wrong place. If you want oppression, you came to the wrong place. This is a uplifting celebration service according to the Bible. Look what David does. He has some type of a change. No longer is the Ark of the Covenant on a new card pulled by oxen, but now it's on the backside of Levites, Levites, the way that it's made. And all of a sudden, man, he's bringing it in. He knows he's going to be blessed, and he brings it in celebratory. Look what it says. It says, so David went there. And brought the ark of God from the house of Obedidim to the city of David with a great, somebody say great, Great. celebration. What's that got to do with you and me? I think that every time we come to worship corporately, you should come in with an attitude of celebration. well, how, how can I do that every week? Well, understand the theology behind it. Understand that when you come in and you begin to lift up Jesus in his name, he's going to come in and be enthroned in the praises of his people and your life's going to be changed. People in this room's life is going to be changed. Come on, chains are going to break off, shackles, Shackles off my feet so I can dance. I'm just going to praise you. I'm just going to, y'all remember that song? All in the presence of, this is going to take place in the presence of God. This is a celebration gathering. We're gonna celebrate like David did, ushering in the presence of God into the city of David. Amen. That's a good place for an amen. 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 Look at this sacrifice. Say that word with me, sacrifice. 2 yes. Samuel 6:13. After the men who were carrying, look, they got it right now. Carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps. Guess what David did? He sacrificed. Look, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Can you imagine what that looked like? A sacrifice. David wanted to bring his very best to God. Guess what you and I don't have to do any longer? You don't have to pull out your butcher knife and kill a bull Praise God. You don't have to, come on, you don't have to slaughter a fattened calf. You know why? Because there was a perfect spotless lamb that was slain for you and I. You don't have to spill blood any longer because you're under the blood. You're under the blood, the very precious blood of the Lamb of God. The Lamb. God that takes away the sin of the entire world you're under, you don't have to sacrifice any longer. It's not about a bloody dead sacrifice any longer. Guess what it's about? It's about a living sacrifice. Guess who the living sacrifice is? You, 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 you. You, you and me are now the living sacrifice. J-O, why should I bring a sacrifice of praise to God? Let me tell you why. This is my son right here who I count very precious. And all of a sudden I take him and allow him to be beat, allow him to be st- Forty stripes on his back, beat, spit on, a crown of thorns on his head, carrying a cross, and all of a sudden he's bleeding for every orifice in his body. He can hardly even talk. He's bleeding. He's he, he's 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 slowly dying. Now he's on a cross. He's given his. You know why? Because God gave his very best for me and you as a sacrifice, I think that we can come and lift our voices and lift our hands and maybe, and maybe, maybe even dance a little bit. Dance, J.O.? 2 Samuel 6:14. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. Dance? Hey, listen, I get it. Everybody can't dance. But you might be able to do something like this. Keep it right there. Keep it right there. You might be able to do this. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Macau, Saul's daughter, just totally slammed on David. Hey, saw you dancing. You know what David's dad said? (laughs) Woman. I'm gonna even be more undignified than this. I don't know if he said woman, but he said something like that. <laughs> Everyone say dance. dance? The last one, shout. It's kind of loud in that place. There's some shout at heart of the city church. Because of what God has done in our hearts. Listen to what it says. 2 Samuel 6:15. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of the ram's horn. Amen. Woo! Come on. Will you set aside your traditions? Will you set aside maybe your personality, religious mindsets, your fears or insecurities? And will you come, when you come to Heart of the City Church, will you come to worship him? Davidic worship, amen. Our motto is to be a people after God's own heart. I say he's worth it all.